Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Listen, let's receive Pastor Keith. I want to encourage you now for those of you who are viewing live to share, create a watch party, tag someone and tell them that the word of God has begun. The word of God has begun. Let us receive Pastor Keith. Hallelujah. The Lord is worthy and worthy to be praised. There is none like him. Matter of fact, I searched all over and I could find none like him. And I'm so grateful that I get to serve a God like that. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I want you to stand to your feet quickly as we go to the word of the Lord. As my wife has already declared, I believe the Lord has received our worship. Now we pray that we can receive his word. He's received our worship. Now we want to be able to receive his word. Go with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Hey, and my wife said something in her prayer that I want you to put in the comment box. Those that are watching, I want you to put finish strong. I want you to put finish strong. We're at the precipice of the end of the year. And I believe God wants us to finish strong. The Bible declares, Paul admonished us that all run, but only one receives the prize. Those that finish the race. I don't want you to get weary and well-doing, but I want you to finish strong. Finish strong. Somebody in the sanctuary, just say finish strong. John chapter 11. I want to look at verses 1 through 7. And I want you to put your finger at verses 20 through 21. I've been on this sermon series called Dealing with the Weight of Waiting. And I'm going to continue in that series on this morning. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 7. And then we're going to jump down to verses 20 through 21. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha and it was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick therefore the sisters sent to him saying Lord behold he whom you love is sick verse number four says when Jesus heard that he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of the Lord that the Son of God may be glorified through it verse number five says now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus but notice this the Bible says so when he heard that he was sick he stayed two more days that 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 confounds me he loved them but he said when he heard that he was sick he stayed two more days in the place where he was somebody say he waited then verse number seven says then after this he said to the disciples let us go to Judea again verse number 20 if we can jump down then Martha as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming 
went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not have died. I want to look at verse number five and six again. The Bible says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, I want to minister from this subject this morning. His providence over waiting. His, his providence over waiting. If we can be honest, this season has been one of prolonged affliction. This has been a season of prolonged anxiety. But even more, this has been a season of prolonged anticipation. Somebody say waiting. We, we've, we've been waiting as, as affliction has been across the land, as anxiety has been across the land. Many of us have been waiting on God. And, and why prolong waiting? Because this season has been one where the Lord has seemed distant and disconnected from the present realities of many believers. And many are desperately waiting for the Lord's intervention. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting on God. Many are asking when will our waiting be over? We've endured a, a economic hardship in this season and many are waiting on the Lord to intervene. As we've endured this ever-increasing health crisis in this season, many are waiting on the Lord to intervene. And even as many have endured uh, this racial hate in this season, many are waiting on the Lord to intervene. If not verbally in our spirits, many have declared, as Martha declared in our text, Lord, if you had been here. Many are saying, Lord, if you had been here, this disease wouldn't have afflicted my family. Many are saying, Lord, if you had been here, this racial divide in our country would have not caused so much suffering. Many are saying, Lord, if you had been here, this economic decline would have not cost me my job. Many are asking Lord and declaring Lord if you had been here. Because herein lies one of the problems with many believers in the midst of waiting. We believe God to be distant and disconnected from our waiting. We, we, we don't believe God to be with us as we wait. But somebody say God is with me as I wait. He, he's with you as you wait. And because watch this, God is still providential over our waiting. Somebody say he's in control. So even as Martha learned in our text, we as believers must be confident of this as well. Even when the Lord does not seem present, even when our waiting seems prolonged, the Lord is still providential. He's in control. And in other words, even as we wait, hear this, God still rules over our waiting. I, I, I need y'all to know that whatever you're waiting on God for, he rules over your waiting. As a matter of fact, God reigns over our waiting and God still rests over our waiting. That, that's good news to me. The question then that we got to ask ourselves is how can we be so confident as believers that the Lord is still providential over our waiting? I believe we can take hold of this confidence from our text this morning as the Lord intervenes on behalf of Lazarus who watches, finds himself in a seemingly unreachable place, a place of waiting. I don't know about y'all, but you ever been waiting on God and you feel like God is not moving. God is not giving me a sign. God is not speaking to me in this season. And many believe God to be distant, but God says I'm still providential. 
It's critical to understand that Martha declared in her confidence in the Lord's providence in verse 22 of our text when she uttered these words. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Therefore, her real confidence, watch this, rested in who the Lord is. Somebody say his power. So, so even when I can't feel his tangible presence, I've got to trust, watch this, in his power. God is yet providential in our waiting. He reigns over our waiting. And what I want us to do is to examine our text so that we can gain this same level of confidence that the Lord is providential over our waiting. I don't know what you're waiting on, but God is still in control. Let's look at verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. I love how God is so detailed when he says that. It was that Mary, somebody say that Mary, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet and her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, him whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of the Lord, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Here's what I want you to know. Even when the Lord seems distant from your current situation, his discernment remains sure. Somebody stay with me. That means there's always, he's always aware of your countenance. He's always aware of your present circumstance. And he's always aware, watch this, of your capacity to handle your pre present circumstance. Uh, he knows how much waiting you can handle. That, that's good news to me. I don't know about y'all because his discernment, watch this, is infallible. It does not fail. So here's the first thing I want you to know. If, if I'm going to have some level of confidence over the providential um, um, power of the Lord over my waiting, I've got to know that his discernment is infallible. This is why Jesus responded with these words after he received news concerning the condition of Lazarus. Notice this. He says, this sickness is not unto de to death. The Lord already discerned his situation before the news was delivered. I, I don't know about you, but many of us are waiting on God to move. And God says, you don't even have to call on me. I've already discerned what you're waiting on. Oh, that's good news. So even before you call on the Lord about what you're waiting on, he's already discerned it. Even before you shed a tear and cry about what you're waiting on, he's already discerned it. And watch this. Some of y'all complaining in this season about your waiting on, what you're waiting on, and God has already discerned it. Somebody needs to stop crying and stop complaining while you wait and have confidence that the Lord has already discerned it. Y'all stop losing sleep over stuff that God has already discerned. How many people who are waiting on God lose sleep over stuff that God already knows every detail about? Oh, that's good news to me. I don't know about nobody else, but that's good news to me. You can stop messing up your whole makeup because you messed up your little face because you're crying and God has already discerned it. There's no need to cry or complain while you wait when we know that the Lord's discernment is infallible. This is why Jesus admonished his disciples with these words in Matthew 6 and 8. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Watch what the Lord says. For your father knows the things you have need of. Watch this before you ask. We serve a God that's aware before we ask. Even more, watch this. One Hebrew translation of the word discern means to understand. 
So not only does the Lord discern your present circumstance, he also knows the depths of your present circumstance. Why is this significant? Because there are those there are those who know your situation but fail to understand your situation. You ever try to explain to somebody what's going on in your life, what you're waiting on, but they still don't understand what you're going through? God says, not only have I discerned it, but I know the depths of it. What am I trying to say? When you know the depth of one's pain, you can't stay disconnected. Here's what I'm trying to say. You know you have that little first love you have and you break up with them and you try to tell somebody about how much you love them and they say, girl, it'll be okay, but they don't understand the depth of your pain. So they tell you it'll be okay, but you're really deep in depression. God says, I know the very depths of your current circumstance, so I will not stay disconnected from it. Oh, that's good news to me. Y'all kind of dead today, all right? But God is not. We serve a Lord that understands. The Lord says he knows both the details and depth of your pain. And hear this, when you understand my pain, you will do more than pray. This is, is going to help somebody, all right? But when you, when you understand my hurt, you will do more or give me more than just a church hug. When you understand my tears, you'll do more than talk. God says, because I understand your depths of your pain, I will move on your behalf. In other words, when the Lord discerns, he won't leave us like he found us. Ah, you won't have to wait forever. Tell your neighbor, you won't have to wait forever. When the Lord discerns, at some point, my situation promises to be different. Therefore, we can wait because it always, it won't always be like this. I wish I could hit a note, but it won't always be like this. As many wrestle with the Lord's distant and disconnectedness in this season or in this time of waiting, we have to be confident that the Lord is yet providential. Somebody say the Lord knows. Ah, Y'all get mad thinking God ain't moving. God don't know how much it's hurt. God don't know how long I've been waiting. God don't know how I feel in this situation, but God knows. And God says, because I know the very depths of your current situation, I, it won't always be like this. At some point, God will move. The good news is the reason that I know that God is providential over my waiting is because his discernment is infallible. Now, let's look at verse number five. Verse number five says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When the Lord knows our condition, it moves him to compassion. But even more, the Lord has a love that lasts because his devotion towards us, watch this, is indefinite. Oh, that's the second thing I want y'all to know. His devotion is indefinite. Uh, it's important to note that verse 3 of our text speaks of Lazarus as the, as the one whom the Lord loves. And then again in verse 5, it speaks of the Lord's love for Lazarus. Why is this significant? Because your disposition does not dictate the Lord's devotion for you. Oh, there's somebody here that God does not care how long you've been crying. God don't care how you feel about the situation. God don't even care. Watch this if you're mad about the situation because that does not dictate his devotion for you. Oh, that's good news to me. Uh, Jesus loved Lazarus before the sickness and in his sickness. Uh, so many of us are so caught up and I just felt God before I had to wait on this. But now that God has me waiting, I feel like he doesn't love me anymore. Somebody say the devil is a lie. 
That, that, that means despite the pandemic, his love for us remains. Uh, despite the protest, his love for us remains. Uh, watch this. Even despite the political contentions, y'all know Trump had a whole parade, y'all, about losing political contentions. But his love for us remains. Your current situation may not have changed yet, but watch this. His love remains the same. Oh, some people get so caught up. God, I'm going through. God, I'm waiting on you to move. And we feel like God does not love us anymore. But God says, my, my love ain't like the love that y'all know. His love remains. This is why Romans 8, 38 through 39 declares this. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, watch this, nor things present or nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing shall be able, watch this, that's good news, to be able to separate us from the love of God. My wife just spoke on this. Not even angels can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that will separate us from the Lord's love. And hear this, there is nothing that will stop the Lord's love. This is why Psalm 136 reminds us time and time again that his love endures forever. And herein lies the problem with many believers in seasons of waiting. The enemy has caused them to believe that the Lord's love for them has ended. What? One of, the, one of the greatest tactics of the enemy in waiting, because remember what the enemy wants us to be able to do is not to endure in waiting. So the enemy wants to make us believe that God's love for us has ended. But somebody say the devil is a lie. The Lord loved you before waiting. The, love, the Lord loves you in your waiting and the Lord will love you after your waiting because his love or his devotion for us is indefinite. Therefore, those of us who've questioned the presence of God in our lives while we wait, we, be, we can be confident that the Lord is providential over our waiting because his devotion is indefinite. I don't know about nobody else. I don't know what you're waiting on God for, but that's good news to know that his love, his devotion is indefinite. Listen, I'm going to be out your way. I, I've got to be, I, I've got to understand this. That his discernment is infallible. I have to know that his devotion towards me is indefinite. And I want us to look at verse number six. The Bible says, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. In seasons of prolonged waiting, we need the songs of the old saints to encourage us. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's why my wife was trying to get us to sing the, the songs of old. They, they, they used to declare this. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. And, and I, in other words, here's what the old saints were trying to tell us, that his delay is intentional. Oh, some believers in seasons of waiting need to stop getting mad that God ain't moving on their timing and rest in the fact that he will move. I know you want him to move now, but the good news is, is that he will move. 
This is why in verse 6 of our text, it says that once Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. But after his delay, the Lord declares this in verse 7. Let us go to Judea again. Because God does not always move immediately. Y'all, I'm going to say something. We've got too many preachers that have gave us erroneous teaching. That we can dictate when God moves by a seed. We've been given erroneous teaching that we can dictate how God moves by our sacrifice. We've been given, watch this, erroneous teaching to believe that God will move by way of our supplication. But God don't move on your time and he moves on his. So, 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 so even if God does not move immediately, hear this, when he does move, he's intentional. I love the song that Travis Green sung. He said he's intentional. And somebody may be saying, watch this, I'm unemployed now. I need God to move. This pandemic has me uneasy now. I need God to move. Now watch this, our country is in unrest now, and I need God to move now. We need the Lord to move immediately. And somebody is saying, why has the Lord chose to delay? If God sits high and looks low and sees all that's going on, why does he choose to delay? Jeremiah 29, 11 reminds us that he delays because he has a plan. Somebody say he has a plan. Romans 8, 28 reminds us that he delays because it's God's purpose. Somebody say he has a purpose. And watch this, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 reminds us that he delays because God is providential. Somebody say providential. Because his delay is always intentional. Oh, that's good news to me. The delay does not mean you've been denied. The Lord just wants to remind us that he is intentional. You don't know what God is trying to keep you from. And the reason he has not moved yet, you don't know what God is trying to teach you. And that's why he has not moved yet. Thank God you ain't moved yet, God. But when you do move, I know, God, that you're intentional. And here's a word of wisdom for those that are waiting on the Lord. You may consider him late, but be encouraged that he won't leave you. Even when you consider God to be late, you got to be confident or encouraged that he won't leave you. This is why Deuteronomy 31, 6 declares, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God is the one, watch this, who goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. As we endure seasons of waiting, we must be reminded that the Lord has not left us in this season. He is providential over our waiting because his delay is intentional. Y'all thought it was going to be deeper than this, but I want you to know his discernment is infallible. I want you to know that his devotion towards you is indefinite and that the Lord's delay is intentional. Questioning the Lord during questionable times is a typical response for many believers. When, 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 when I can't understand what God is doing, when it seems like God is distant, listen, y'all, I heard folk saying, that our president was of God. I heard folks saying 
that God's plan is being manifested through evil men. I, I just heard all kind of stuff that just did not make sense. But watch this. Although questionable times may make us question God, questionable times does not mean we serve a questionable God. Our God, our God is consistent. He is providential over our waiting. God is in control. And that's why we have to know that his discernment is infallible. We, we have to believe that his devotion towards us is indefinite. And we have to know that although he has not moved yet, his delay is intentional. But I believe there's a greater revelation of the Lord's providence over our waiting in our text. Consider verses 38 through 40 of our text. I know I didn't have you go there, but I want you to see something in the text. The Bible says then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha and the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days. Watch what Jesus said. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Here, here's, here, here's what I want you to know. His providence is dependent upon our confidence over the fact that he has control of our waiting. Stay with me. The, Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of the Lord? In other words, God is saying if we can just endure in waiting, if we can have a level of confidence that he's providential over our waiting, our deliverance is inevitable. Uh, does anybody hear me? But our inevitable deliverance requires our confidence in the Lord's providence over our waiting. Uh, this is why Lazarus, uh, why before Lazarus' deliverance, watch this, Martha expressed her confidence in the Lord in verse 22. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. I, I want to give somebody some Bible. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then the Bible says that if, if, when I come to him, I must come believing that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If I don't believe that God is providential over my waiting, watch this, my waiting will be in vain. And many of us are waiting on God to move and our faith, our belief in his providence has waned. And God says, your waiting will be in vain. I came here this morning to tell somebody, don't allow your waiting to be in vain. God is in control over our waiting. Waiting can be a season of chaos. Waiting can be a season of conflict and waiting can even be a season of crisis. But God is still in control. He's providential, and I pray that our waiting will never be in vain, but that we can have confidence in the providence of God. I hope somebody got something this morning, that God is providential. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, that you're providential over our waiting. Many of us, God, and many of us that are watching are struggling with our seasons of waiting. God, there's somebody who doesn't have a job yet, and they're struggling with that. God, there's somebody, God, that's waiting on their mate, 
and they're watching everyone else get married, and God, they're struggling with that. God, there's somebody waiting on their deliverance. They've been to every prayer service. They've been on their face. They've been fasting. But God, they still feel like they're in bondage. And they're waiting for you to move. God, I pray, God, that you might encourage them this morning. Cause us to know, God, that you've already discerned what we're waiting on. God, it may seem like you haven't heard our prayers. It may seem like, God, we're praying amiss. But God, we thank you, God, that your discernment is infallible. God, before we even declare it, you've already discerned it. God, before we even deliver, God, what we're waiting on to you, you've already discerned it. Thank you, God, for that. God, before we ask, you're already aware because your discernment, God, is infallible. It does not fail. And God, thank you, God. The fact, the matter of the fact, God, that you know the very depths of our pain. And when you know, understand our pain, God, you promise to move. And we thank you for that. God, I pray, God, that someone is encouraged this morning that your devotion has not changed towards them. Thank you, God, that your devotion is indefinite. God, you'll love us, God, and there's nothing that can separate us from your love. God, somebody believes this morning that you no longer love them because they're waiting on the very desires of their heart and you have failed to move. But God calls them to know your love has not changed. You love them, God, before the waiting. You love them in the waiting. And God, you'll love them after the waiting. And we thank you for that. And God, even, even the more, God, your delay is, in, is intentional. God, we'll wait. We'll wait on you. Because God, when you do move, it'll be at the perfect timing. God, even, God, settle our emotions. What we think we need now is for a later date. And God, will be patient, God, as we wait. And God, even though, God, we think we need it immediately, God, when you do move, God, we know, God, you'll be intentional. Thank you, God, for your intentionality towards us. God, whatever you're trying to do, God, as we wait in our lives, God, do it. Because, God, we thank you that you're an intentional God. And, God, we thank you, God, that our deliverance is inevitable. Somebody doesn't think it's on the way. Somebody, God, thinks what they're waiting on is outside your will. But God, if we can just have confidence in your providence, God, if we can have confidence in your providence, God, if we can have confidence in your providence, our deliverance is inevitable. Thank you, God. We'll wait till you move. We'll wait till you move. Because, God, we know you shall move. God, and you'll move by our faith. We love you. We adore you. And God, we thank you, God, for your providence over waiting. You are in control. And every believer that believes said, thank God and amen. Somebody do me a favor. Put that in the comment box. God is in control over my waiting. God is in control over my waiting. Sometimes we got to declare that to ourselves that God is in control of our waiting. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. While you're waiting on God, 
God is waiting on you. There's somebody that God has been waiting on to give their life to him. And you've been running, you've been dodging, you've been saying things like, I'm not ready, but God is ready for you. He's been waiting long enough. And here's why. Because the Bible declares that no man knows the day nor the hour. So I've got to know that tomorrow could be my last day. Matter of fact, the next, the very next hour could be my last hour. And God says, give your life to me before it's too late. Matter of fact, the Bible declares we need to seek him while he might be found. While you have an opportunity, this is a good opportunity to give your life to Christ. There's somebody who's watching me this morning who says, I need to give my life to Christ. I thought I was waiting on God, but God is waiting on me. If that's you, here's an easy way to give your life to Christ. The Bible says, if you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Bible says you'll be saved. What am I confessing? That I'm a sinner in need of repentance and I'm in need of a savior. If you can confess that and believe that, you're on your way to salvation. And the Bible also says that no, one, no man comes to the Father but by me. This is Jesus speaking. He says he's the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm also confessing that Jesus is that Savior, that he got on the cross with all of my sins. He bore my every sin. He bore the penalty of my sins, and that he got up with all power. I'm confessing that, and I'm believing that in my heart. And then also, what am I confessing? The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. In other words, that, that, that Jesus is Lord. If you can confess that I want Jesus to be Lord over my life and I want him to lead me in every way that I go, if you can make that confession, if you can believe that in your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And if you made that decision, you made the greatest decision of your life. And I want to pray with you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, for that one that has come. Your word declares, God, that it's your will that no man perish. So, God, we thank you. God, that one chose to give their life to you, that they might not perish. But today, as you declared to the man who was hung on the cross next to you, God, there'll be one day that we'll be in paradise with you. They've made that confession this morning, God. And we honor you for that. Thank you, God, that your word declares that anyone that the Father puts in your hand, no one can snatch away. So, God, this life is now secure, and we bless your name for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you made that decision, we want to touch base with you. We want to connect with you. We want to make sure that your salvation and your election is sure. So send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org so that we can connect with you and that we can help you walk this journey out according to God's word. And there may be somebody else quickly who says, I want to join this church. I've been watching online. I have not been in the physical house of worship with you, but I feel a level of connection to the Way Church of Tampa Bay. I'd love to be your pastor. We'd love to be your church family. So if that's you, I want you to send us an email as well to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. And somebody from our new members team will connect with you and tell you how you can be a part of this local body of faith. Amen. Listen, I love y'all, and I pray that you've been encouraged this morning. Whatever you're waiting on, God is in control over your waiting. Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask MIT Charlotte Walker if she would come up and lead us further in the service.
Good morning, good morning. That was such an awesome word. Um, it reminds me of something that somebody once said to me that God is not walking around pacing in heaven trying to figure out what's going on. And so that we just need to be secure as we wait on him to answer every prayer that we have. So that was definitely, he was talking to me today. So this morning we are going to go over our announcements. Um, we just ask that you pray for our land and our leaders. As this year's presidential election is finalized, it is critical that we pray for both our land and our leaders. Pastor Keith is encouraging us to be intentional over the next few months as we pray for the safety of our land and the safety of our leaders, um, that God will guide our leaders during this time of transition in our country. Amen. Um, virtual Children's Church, parents of children ages 4 to 11, join us at 1230 today for our monthly Virtual Children's Church. Parents, please check your email for the Zoom link to join. Our lesson will be fun and interactive so that our children can learn about God's truth in a format that is just for them. Um, midweek Bible study is back. So join us this coming Thursday at 7 p.m. as Minister Chantel Cole leads us in our study of God's word. Make plans to join us again next week, Sunday at 10.30 a.m. via Facebook Live, as we hear from our assistant pastor, Pastor Britton Cole. God has laid a word on his heart that will take us from faith to faith. So invite someone to worship and um, join us next Sunday. Thanksgiving on Aster Ave. We want to be a blessing to every home on the block that the church sits on. Therefore, on next Sunday, November 22nd, we plan to distribute Thanksgiving dinners to every home on our block. Help us as a Help us be a blessing um, by considering donating five, 10, or 20 extra dollars to what you're preparing to give during offering so that we can ensure that every home on our block is blessed this Thanksgiving. Also, check, the, um, check your This Week at the Way email for some important information regarding our regathering plans as a church. We want to ensure that our entire church is aware of our plans. So if you did not receive an email, please email us at the church office at waytampabay.org for more details. So now we're going to move on further into service, and we're going to prepare to give. Um, you know, we don't give out of compulsion. We give based on what God has laid us on, on our hearts to give. And so we have three ways that you can give here at the Way Church of Tampa Bay. First, you can go on our website at waytampabay.org. Click on the giving link at the top right-hand corner, and it will take you to a secure PayPal link. Also, you can give via Cash App. Our Cash App is dollar sign the Way Church of TB. And you can mail in your offering at P.O. Box 280-003, Tampa, Florida, 33682. So again, we just ask that whatever God lays on your heart to give. And don't forget that if you're able to, please consider to donate the 5 10 or $20 extra dollars to be a blessing for our Thanksgiving um, donation next week. Finally, we're going to end with 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 and the scripture says and I'm reading from the New Living Translation it says so my dear brothers and sisters be strong and immovable always work enthusiastically for the Lord for you know that nothing that you do for the Lord is ever useless amen so we thank you for joining us this week and we ask that you join us again next Sunday. We invite you to our virtual service, invite a friend, tag, share, do all the things. Also check out our podcast. Not that I'm biased, but it's there everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So if you don't have social media, you can listen to our podcast as well. Thank you.
I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.